Chris Peachment of Time Out calls this movie film reduced to the barest of three acts. Sheila Benson of the Los Angeles Times says that this is grim and witless storytelling, and what makes it so depressing is that it hasn't improved by so much as a chemical trace since the days of the first. And Almar Hafladassin of the BBC says that while this derivative and shallow sequel might weaken the credibility of the series, there's no denying the satisfaction of watching a fight of such seemingly impossible odds. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Rocky Four. Which one will it be? Hello and welcome to Rune Childhoods, the podcast all about your favorite movie franchises, sequels, prequels, remakes, reboots, spinoffs, comic book adaptations, universes, so on and so forth. Listeners, I think that Dan is making fun of me because we just, this is the second time we're, we're, we're hitting record and the first time Dan w- cranked up the theatrics on the, uh, on the intro, which uh, is, has become a bit of a pattern. I said, you know, we could tone it down a little bit. So I think that that was Dan making fun of me just a little no, bit. No, I, I was just giving it a different take. I was, you know, my my first thing, you know, my my usual um, motto, I guess, not motto, but my credo is credo. There we go. Ties into credo. creed. Oh, creed, wonderful. Credo. Um, well, based on what I'm... Uh, what I'm, what we're talking about tonight. Um, but yeah, I basically <laughs> believe, you know, give it, give it too much in one direction and then pull back. It's easier to pull back than to push forward. So I just well, decided to go in the other extreme and I can, you know, I'm, I'm versatile. You know what? I, I regret having said something, especially considering how over the top our, topic is for this episode <laughs> and over the top no no sylvester stallone pun intended so um, it's may the fourth be with you but we're not talking about star wars and we're over the top today but we're not talking about over the top no so our may the fourth be with you theme for this month of may is the fourth movies in franchises dan i gotta say that last episode even though it was forever long was so much fun. Like we could have gone so much longer. That's what people don't realize about well us talking about diehard movies. And we really were only talking. I mean, we talked about we touched on the other films, but we really right. focused on live for oh, your we'll diehard. We'll talk about them another time. Yeah. So oh, and, and and you'll have copies of Diehard Year One. Oh my god, I'm so excited. En route. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about that. Uh before we get into Rocky Four. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, remake and reboot news, um, but one thing that we had touched on uh, in one of the first few episodes was the Jay and Silent Bob reboot uh, movie, and at the time, we we weren't quite clear exactly what was going on, but the plot of the movie, this is for the people who have been like, 
who listen to it and are like, oh, come on, don't you know what it's about? So it's they are trying to stop a reboot of Blunt Man and Chronic from being made. Which I, I, I believe was one of, I, I think you had mentioned that as possibly being the plot. I couldn't remember, but I wanted to at least mention it again in case it hadn't been mentioned before because I was just reading about it and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, uh, since you're opening the window to to revisit that, mm-hmm. though, I rem- I recall I was I was skeptical when we when we discussed it at first. And I think just hearing a little bit more about it and getting more of a sense of it, I'm, I'm actually getting, getting kind of excited for, for this. I think it'll be good. Like, it seems like it's a direct sequel to Jay and silent Bob strike back, which I think is hilarious. Well, something else, something else to consider is that since those movies have been made, the people involved, Kevin Smith especially, has not just like grown as a filmmaker, but also just as a person. Oh. Um, and I feel like there could be a really interesting perspective put on it um, all these years later. Well, now I wonder if they'll incorporate like his, you know, he he had um, he had heart surgery. I forget. I know it was yep. serious heart surgery. I don't know if it was a triple or quadruple bypass or. or Neither of those, but I know he had serious heart surgery, lost a ton of weight. Jason Muse went vegan. Went vegan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Muse, uh, um, I believe, is has sobered up since then. He's he's clean. He's clean. And, That's great. Um, and I know that there's been some beef between Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith, but there's oh, still yeah. some talk about like Ben Affleck because he had a great cameo, actually two great cameos in right. in Jane and Bob Strike Back. So uh, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm I guess I'm a little nostalgic. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just have to wait and yeah. see. Yeah, what happens? Looking forward um, to it. One bit of news that uh, is as of. The other day, um, there is a Honey, I Shrunk the Kid uh, reboot slash, 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 slash. Is <laughs> Sorry, Slash going to be day. in it? Or... Starring Slash. Starring Slash. Um, no, Honey I, Shrunk, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid reboot slash sequel. Um, it exists in the same universe as the originals and will star Josh Gad. So is Josh Gad like the young Zelinsky, Wayne Zelinsky, the Rick Moranis character, like his son? I'm going to read this bit from Slash Film. Uh, the plan is for the movie to be set about three decades after the 1989 original, with Gad set to play the grown-up version of scientist and inventor Wayne Zelinsky's son, Nick Zelinsky. The new movie, which will be titled Shrunk will be a reboot of the original film, but positioned as a legacy sequel, or a legacy sequel, which means it will exist in the same world and continue the overall storyline. And yes, Nick Zielinski accidentally shrinks his kids, which kickstarts the story of the film. Is legacy sequel yours, or is that Kurt, Is that that's, slash film? That's slash film. Nicely done. Okay. Yeah. Um, another bit of information that I uh, saw on slash film is, I mean, this isn't so much... News is just a bit of information um, about how the Wachowskis are still not involved with the Matrix reboot. Right. Um, It's still in the early stages of development, and we will just have to wait and see what happens. But this information came out 
um, the John Wick 3 director, who was the Matrix stunt coordinator, uh, had mentioned that during an interview, I believe. Mm -hmm. So... That's what I got. Yeah. I mean, I guess that, you know, the whole kind of concept of the Matrix leaves itself open to, I don't know if I would necessarily go with like a sequel, but I think that you could do a lot in terms of prequels and spinoffs in the Matrix universe. Well, we'll have to talk about that another time. Yeah, but not to the Wachowskis. So. Because they're not involved. Correct. So no, not at all. But yeah. what we're going to talk about uh, Rocky Four and Creed Two. Yeah, and if I can lead into this by saying, I feel like oh sure, I I think th- like th- this is an example of kind of the reason I think why we started this. I feel like it it fits in so well because, so, all right, um, a couple of years ago, I want to say it was, what, 2015, um, Creed, the film Creed came out and it was um, Mm -hmm. um, starring Michael B. Jordan as the, the, I guess, illegitimate son of Apollo Creed. Mm -hmm. And he he goes and, I, I guess, connects with... Uh, with Rocky Balboa and Apollo's widow, played by Felicia Rashad. And yeah. he, you know, he he trains to, you know, carry on. It's a legacy sequel. He, he, yeah, he, yeah. he trains to carry on the the legacy of Apollo Creed. And uh, it was it was written or co-written by Stallone. It was directed by Oh, I can't believe uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. He's awesome. Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Ryan Coogler. Who went on to do Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Which is why he didn't direct Creed 2. Yeah. Um, but it sets up... It tells a great story on it on its own, but it, it spins off from the Rocky series, but also serves as somewhat of a sequel because Rocky is involved. He's actually Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone nominated for an uh, Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Deservedly so. Yeah, I think the second time for playing. I think he was nominated for Best Actor first time around. Right. Yeah. We, in that one Best Picture, correct? One Best Picture. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. talk about the Best Picture race of 1976 another time <laughs> because I have a lot to say about that. Okay. So... Right. um so Rocky, so Creed kind of, but it restarts this franchise and tells the story yeah. of, because Apollo Creed in, in the Rocky series, Rocky one through four is, you know, he, he is, he's rich, he's successful. We don't really know that, that, you know, what his kind of struggle was, if he, if he had struggle, how much struggle did he have? But Adonis, his, his son is, uh, doesn't he grow up in the foster, foster system? Yeah, he's, he's just a a foster kid who's getting into fights. And then one day woman comes to, uh, take him out of there and turns out that it is Apollo Creed's wife. Um, right. You know, and uh, she takes him in despite the fact that uh, he is not her biological son and, uh, and yeah, and raises him in Los Angeles in a 
humongous mansion and uh, it starts off where he's just kind of like a pencil pusher at a company and doing kind of underground boxing matches nothing official and decides I'm gonna quit my job and actually gonna pursue this boxing thing and um, goes out to uh, to Philadelphia to try to find Rocky Balboa who doesn't even know that he exists and uh yeah. So first of all, a, a lot of credit to Sylvester Stallone for reviving. So I, I, the world has not clamored for another Rocky movie, I think, for quite some time, possibly right. since Rocky IV. <laughs> right. Well, Rocky IV, just to touch on this briefly, was the number three movie in 1985. Right behind, number one was Back to the Future. Uh Number two was Rambo First Blood Part Two. Wow. Huge year for Stallone. Yeah. Huge year for sequels. And so Rocky IV happens and it it does really well. And then Rocky V happens several years later. And it's like, oh, Uh, no. Yeah. Well, Rocky V went to the the drama side, whereas Rocky IV cuts through it's the drama is in the boxing in rocky four yeah, so rocky five is the street fighting one if i'm not mistaken yeah, with tommy tommy morrison i think was his name uh yeah like tommy gun or something like tommy that tommy gun um yeah and then and then there was rocky balboa well, in 2006, 2006 with mason the line dixon that was good rocky balboa that's what i'm talking about i don't about. remember it I don't remember it all that well. I, I do. I remember seeing it in the um, Mountainside, New Jersey Cineplex. It was, I believe, a Christmas Day movie with mom, oh dad. Scott could have been there. Um, but Rocky Balboa, I thought it was. I, I thought it was a great way to like make up for Rocky Five, in the sa- okay. in the same way actually that Stallone's Rambo, like Rambo Four. Hmm. <laughs> Which I guess we'll throw in there. Um, I so his uh, it was called John Rambo at one point, and then Rambo Four, and then just Rambo was as far as an like ultra violent action flick. It is a blast, and I remember watching it and just like jaw dropping, like oh my god, I can't uh-huh. believe they did that, and it made up for Rambo Three, which is dull. <laughs> It's just okay. dull. I don't know how else to put it. But um, so, so to catch my, went off on so many tangents there. Right. Okay. So we're talking, we were talking about, about Creed, weren't we? Creed. Yeah. yeah. So Creed is awesome. <laughs> so Creed is awesome. Yeah. And what's cool about Creed is that, yeah, it's, it's gritty and it's, What's what's really great about it is that it's not centered around Rocky, right? As the name may suggest, and Stallone does a really fantastic job, kind of taking that step back and letting this be the story of Adonis Creed mm-hmm. or Adonis Johnson, right? But as really at the Creed. beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and it's it feels very authentic. Um, you know he. And and also we we get Tessa Thompson who is Adonis's girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, and she has a really interesting uh, storyline of her own. And I feel like they do service to her character 
in the two Creed movies yes. by making her not just like a one-dimensional character. She has a um, a genetic hearing condition that will she knows will eventually lead to her her being deaf completely. And they follow up with that again in Creed 2. Um, and this will be a spoiler alert warning, so yeah. skip ahead a little bit. Yeah. But it's like they have a child, and the child, they don't know if... if the child's going to be able to hear or not. And then it, you see little hearing aids at the end. There's and, some real, yeah, yeah the, no, there's some, and yeah, by the way, yeah, normally we don't really give spoiler alerts because the movies we're talking about are like 30 years old, but Creed 2 uh, came out. That's not giving anything away. No, no, no. It's in the trailer. And, it's in the, yeah. but, but John, I think, I mean, we will in the course of this discussion, talk about aspects of Creed 2 that will and you know what what's interesting for me is i i (laughs) i saw creed 2 i watched it on a plane and the someone sitting diagonally in front of me was watching it but they were ahead of where i was so i was like trying i just like put the blinders on and but there were a few things that i was just like oh okay that's gonna happen um (laughs) <laughs> but back, back, but it's not the kind it's not the kind of movie where like something is really going to get spoiled for you. It didn't matter. No, it didn't matter. I was like no. I was like I'm in. I'm you know, I'm in with this. So Well, also in Creed 2 and I know that that's not the movie that we're actually really talking about, but in Creed 2 when the first fight happens and it's only 45 minutes into a two over 2 hour movie, I'm like I know what's going to happen next. So, but um, that's, it's not, but it's like, it's not about that. It's about how you get there. Right. And about for these movies. Yeah. It's, it's the journey, but, and along, oh, sorry, go ahead. I I do want to say though, I mean, I, I actually, I think Creed two is kind of a focus here because to come back to the whole, um, this is why we're doing this. I feel like Creed two is a, it's a sequel to Creed, it's a sequel to slash almost remake of Rocky Four. So right. it's kind of just this hybrid of elements that uh, that go into a either a sequel or a remake, and yeah, it's just strange because it's, it's a really- sequel to two movies. <laughs> It's really fascinating. It, yeah, it's maybe very unique in that way. Um, but I feel like in order to uh, talk about Rocky Four, we have to just briefly go over the three Rockies preceding it, just very briefly. Okay, the first Rocky, it's your classic underdog story, but possibly ever the first time you've ever really seen it like this in a sports movie. And it's the guy, he does not win at the end, but that's okay because he did such an awesome job fighting Apollo Creed. He was picked out of a book and it it was kind of like, hey, this would be fun for people to see. And Apollo Creed had no idea that this guy was actually going to be like, because he has like this amazing heart uh, and passion for the sport. He goes the distance and he he starts it as a, uh, a, like an, like, enforcer for like a a philly like organized crime network he, like right. a philly yeah. mob boss uh and yeah like john said he's he's picked out of a book and yeah so then in rocky 2 
there's the rematch fight between Rocky and Apollo Creed. And great movie. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. He gets married. Uh, he gets married in that one. It's it's a delight. And then in Rocky 3, Rocky is the champion and he is super duper famous. He's rich. Uh, and he's kind of given all of these fights that just kind of get him to keep his title, but they're not really challenging fights. Jabronis. Yeah, but Clubber Lang, who coins the term I pity the fool in this movie, uh, he is the real deal who sees that, you know, he is the person that can beat Rocky and keeps on trying to challenge him and challenge him. But Mickey won't let it happen. And then eventually um, it happens and Clubber Lang beats him very similarly, much similar to uh, Creed 2, mm-hmm. beats him. Then there's a rematch. And... Um, and then he, of course, Rocky wins. So then in Rocky Four, well, and in the course of what, what's important and key to Rocky Four is oh, within um, Rocky Three, Mickey, um, played by Burgess Meredith, dies. Mm-hmm. He dies. We get one of my. It, it's 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 at Mickey's funeral, but Sylvester Stallone reads Hebrew because Mickey was Jewish. And it's just, I I was just going to talk about that. It's my, it's It's the weirdest thing. It is the weirdest thing. (laughs) I love it. Rocky three is just, Rocky three also introduced the world to Hulk Hogan. That's true. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. It's funny because Hulk Hogan almost was not able to be in that movie. (laughs) Oh, what's his, what is his name in that movie? Thunder lips. Thunder lips. Um, Yeah, no, and that this was like, and that movie, then you know he, you know, Hulkamania, bro, it ran wild. So right, but anyway, so, so so Mickey dies, and then Rocky needs a new trainer, so he goes to Apollo, and then the two of them become best friends. Oh, absolutely! If yes, absolutely, they run You've on the seen beach together. The clips of them running on the beach, yeah. And then uh, it is a bromance end, to the extreme. <laughs> at the end of um, <laughs> sorry, Rocky three. Sorry, John. I, I have to inter- I have to correct myself. In this case, being Rocky Sylvester Stallone, a yomance. Oh my God! Hey, hey yo, Apollo. <laughs> so, does that make um, the Creed movies yomantic sports films? Because they're not comedies. No, no, they are. They are. But they are. They are definitely romances too. Yeah, yomantic. So, there we go. Yeah, yomantic. Yomantic. So, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. At the end of Rocky Three, there is the completely ridiculous, uh, nobody around to see it uh, fight between Rocky and Apollo that um, freeze frames on the two of them about to punch each other in the face, and then that becomes a Leroy Neiman painting. (laughs) (laughs) It's complete insanity. But Rocky IV, uh, Ivan Drago, who's played by Dolph Lundgren, the master of the universe. If if, uh, you want to follow along with the ruined childhood's trajectory of things, you've seen him in Masters of the Universe. So uh, Dolph Lundgren is this... Uh, Russian created by science, just <laughs> tremendous specimen of a human, and he is just designed to destroy. And does he challenge Rocky at first? Yes. Initially, yeah. when they come to the States, 
they say and he's accompanied by by his wife, played by uh, Brigitte Nielsen, who married Stallone like right after this movie came out, and then divorced him two years later. Mm-hmm. But Brigitte Nielsen, uh, who basically does all the talking for him, says, "Yeah, they want to have an exhibition fight with Rocky Balboa." Yeah, um, but instead of Rocky, Apollo does it and gets killed in the process. Ivan Drago punches him so hard, his soul leaves his body. It is and it is one of the most devastating on-screen deaths I have ever experienced. It's that sh- when he hits the mat and then he does that mm-hmm. twitch. Yeah. Man. Carl Weathers really sells it. And he really, like, that was actually, I was reading Carl Weathers' choice. Like that oh, yeah. was that was he wasn't directed like Carl Weathers did that and it it's it doesn't seem like a big thing but man it just drives it home that and the performance by the the actress who plays Apollo's wife in Rocky Four who's not Felicia mm-hmm. Rashad she just she right. over, over time ages into Felicia Rashad and the um like her expressions a lot of the expressions the editing. It's not the best reviewed film, but it's it's a damn good movie. <laughs> it you hear us say this a lot on this podcast, but it's like these movies are a lot of fun. Even like we are not here to make fun of these movies. No, we are here to to honor them. <laughs> and so for for Rocky Four, what's so great about it is that okay, yes, this is the second of. Rocky's like great friends that has died within the two movies subsequently. Um, And all this stuff just like is tearing him apart. And I feel like, and and yes, I'm I'm about to say something that might sound ridiculous because if this movie had been made today, which kind of had been with Creed two, but had I been made today, it would be, it would feel a little less cartoony because there is that um, it's I wouldn't even necessarily call it a trend, but, you know, things are a little bit more gritty and people like to kind of see things in a more realistic way now. Yeah. Whereas those Rocky movies at the time were very, you know, flashy and the music in them was, you know, really jazzy. And, you know, Eye of the Tiger is just like this anthem. You know, that there's just like, doesn't really happen as much anymore. There's like four montages in the movie. This mo- this movie is mostly montage. Rocky Four is like an hour and a half. It starts with the end of the first right. movie. Or not with the end of the third movie. And yeah, is just loaded with montage. And you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. No, it's fun. And they're great montages, too. And I, I want to say, I think like when you watch Rocky Four and you watch it, um, you watch it today, it really is representative of that mid 80s culture. The the Cold War. And I remember I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't see this movie in the theater. I remember I I'm I saw it on, I'm sure, VHS. Um, I don't remember when or where, but I. That's very disappointing. There are, yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry, sorry, buzzkill. But um, you gave us Rocky Five. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Rocky I, Balboa. Oh, I could tell you where I saw Rocky Five. 
Sure, let's it was hear at it. the Cineplex Odeon in in Union, oh. November nineteen ninety. Yeah, cool. Um, moving on. So yeah, so so well, moving back. Um, it's it's such this culture. I mean, it touches on the whole the Cold War paranoia. The whole, like the cover of the magazine when they first introduced Drago has this picture of him, and it, and it says the Russians are invading or the Russians invade, like in big block letters, and then on the bottom mm-hmm. it just says boxing in like small letters, <laughs> and just. And the the extravagance of the Apollo Cre- of Apollo Creed's a James Brown dance yep. number entrance living in America and that whole like Ronald Reagan you know and a new morning in America um like gung ho philosophy which is is interesting because what the movie comes down to when Rocky goes to Russia, it's a train to fight Drago and Rocky is like working out in an old barn and climbing mountains and Drago is mm-hmm. in a lab, um, yeah. you know, being, you know, tested and injected with things and surrounded by reporters. It actually comes down to like the grit and determination of just the human spirit versus the, the machine and the system, which is basically what the Revo- Russian Revolution was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a uh, little little history for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Plus, Rocky grew a beard. Yeah. Rocky and beards. Beards are cool. During over the course of a montage, he grows a beard. Um, but that's how you know time has passed. So, it, of course, <laughs> naturally. <laughs> how else would we know? But it, it, it's it, it it's just uh, the robot the, the that they give to Paul. Oh yeah, that's right. Happy birthday, He gets Polly. Polly a robot at the beginning. He gets kind of a like uh, a prototype Johnny Five, like without the weaponry. So taking it back to Rude Childhoods One. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and there are a lot of parallels to the world that we're living in right now. Well, yeah, conflicts with Russia, robots in homes. Uh, of course, then it was kind of a sign of extreme extravagance to have a robot um, that can bring you a, a, a nice cold Pepsi. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but nowadays, everybody's home is controlled by a robot, and yeah, that's that's kind of just the norm. Yeah. So what what ends up happening, of course, is. Rocky fights Drago. Everybody in the and it's in Russia. Everybody goes from chanting Drago, Drago, Drago to chanting Rocky, Rocky, Rocky because he is what? What is Drago? And you'll have to forgive me because I haven't seen Rocky four in a few months. <laughs> I know that that sounds ridiculous too. Nah. but doesn't uh, Drago when he's like in the corner say like he's made of steel or something like that? Like, like yeah, he's not. Um, yeah, something like that. He's yeah, I'll, like he's not human. Yeah, I'll, full disclosure, I I have it on in uh, on the TV on on mute. So and will be uh, I'll be able to. What, what's on the screen right now? Right now, it's it's right before the fight. Um, they're like taping up Rocky's hand, uh, in the back. Oh, hope he doesn't have to take a dump. So, <laughs> That's a Creed reference. Yeah, well, no, and the, Creed too. Yeah, no, and and yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know where they got that from that. That's not, uh, I think that's an original aspect to the Creed series, but, yeah. oh, he's, pr- he is, however, praying and he is kneeling down right next to the toilet. So, oh, okay. um, All right. but yeah, so here they're, um, so they're introducing the, the Russian premiere 
right now, who I believe is meant to look like Gorbachev, though I'm not sure if, if Gorbachev was the premiere when they when they filmed it. So I think he became premier in 84. So maybe, maybe not. Mm. So right around that time. I, yeah. I'm uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm just, I'm guessing, but guesstimating. Just kind of a generic, someone who would look like they would be the premier yeah. of Russia. Yeah. But he kind of looks like Gorby. A little bit. So, uh, yeah, you have this fight where Rocky is just, you know, his passion comes through. Uh, but also, uh, during the, over the course of the movie, uh, it starts off where Adrian is upset with him and doesn't want him to go to Russia to fight. But then eventually she comes out while he's training and helps with the training. Um, so the she, marital tensions go away over the course of a few montages. And now she's accompanying him to the ring in yeah. in the Soviet Union on Christmas. That's right. They do it on Christmas. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Rocky, it's 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 the heart, it's the spirit, it's the will. And also he's motivated by, yeah, like you said, the, you know, the, the loss of these people close to him eats away at him. And that he then turns that into his determination in the ring. Yeah. So it, we touched on this a little bit, but what's really cool about the Creed movies, especially Creed 2, and how they are so connected to this fourth movie in this franchise, is that you couldn't do that with the third one. There's no continuing story you could possibly have with Clubber Lang. Uh, the second one is just kind of like, all right, fine, good, they fought again. There's nothing super dramatic that happens. Um, yeah. Rocky Balboa is, I mean, it's about him. It's about kind of his legacy. It's about his relationship with his son, which they they actually, and wh what I like is how at the how Creed II at the tail end actually does kind of pick up from Rocky Balboa with, That's with right. Milo Ventimiglia as uh, his I son. I was wondering if it was going to be him. Yes. Or if they were going to recast. Yeah. So I'm I, glad that, that it was him. Yeah, me too. I, I felt I felt really good about that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in uh, in. We already touched on kind of the plot of Creed, but in Creed 2, we have um, Adonis Creed. He had it starts off with him. Uh, earning the heavyweight championship title. And it's kind of a huge deal. He's kind of not even realizing what the impact is. He's more uh, concerned about getting the keys back to his car that he lost in a fight with the guy in like a previous match for, on a bet. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he becomes the world heavyweight champion. Uh, he proposes to, um, is it Bianca? Bianca, yeah. Bianca, Tessa Thompson's character. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, Nice to see uh, Valkyrie and Killmonger um, on screen together. Marvel oh, movies. Yes. 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 So, uh, and Tessa Thompson is just so good. And yeah. with Tessa Thompson and Michael B. Jordan, you just have like two of the best actors right now in these really cool boxing movies. Great chemistry. 
they really do have great chemistry. Great chemistry. And like, she's this singer, he's this boxer. It's she's she's a get, hearing impaired singer. So it's really cool. Yeah. Um. By the way, when he comes out when they're fighting in Russia and she's singing. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. The entrances to the ring in Creed 2 were really awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but but going back a little bit. So he's the champion. And meanwhile, in Ukraine, Ivan Drago is training his son, Victor. Uh, the son that he had with Brigitte Nielsen's character. Ludmilla. All those years ago. Yes. Who abandoned them. Yes. Uh she is ice cold. They are and living in squalor in the Ukraine. It's all very muted. Everything is very gray. Uh, they have no respect. They've been completely shunned by the Russian government. Uh, he he lost to Rocky, and then they were done with him. So over the course of the past 30 years, which it's kind of crazy to think about, how these characters must be in their 30s because I feel like boxers by the time they're in their 30s are probably already close to retirement. I don't know. I don't know the boxing world that much. Yeah, no. Actually, it does kind of, yeah, make sense because I guess uh, Adonis at this point, if if you assume that Adonis was born around the time of Apollo's death... Yeah. Um, which I'm not sure if they ever kind of clarify I that. I think in Creed, they address the fact that like he was maybe born right around the same time that Apollo died. Yeah. Um, so. So that's 30 years. That would make him 30. Well, 30, 30, 33, well, for, I guess. From the, as first, of Creed from the first movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. From the from from Creed. Yeah. 2015. Right. So, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. Right. So anyway, uh, so Victor's training, um, and dude is big, and you Ooh. just see him like laying out guys like easy. He's doing these. He's doing the underground boxing matches. Right. Yeah. And what's also interesting to see is, and this is I don't know if anyone cares about this type of stuff, but like the way that Rocky and Ivan Drago looked in Rocky Four, the way that they were built is so different to the way that like Creed and Victor are built. And it's just like the trends of bodybuilding and training, I guess maybe have changed because they used to be a lot leaner. Yeah. I don't know. Well, just kind of interesting. I I feel like, I I feel like Adonis is, is lean. Victor's just a beast. He is a monster. Yeah. So, Clearly, they have a relationship where Ivan is really just pushing him and pushing him and pushing him to be this fighter, and possibly with the idea to get to the point where he can then go and kind of get back in in some sort of way. Well, yeah, because and this this idea has perhaps been planted. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that you know this has been in their plans, but now their work there's this promoter right american promoter who we see at one of victor's matches and he's like yeah he's he says something to uh, to yvonne like it's time or you know hey it's it's we're gonna do this (laughs) yeah so 
the 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 family Drago goes to to Philadelphia. Um, Ivan Drago shows up at uh, Rocky's restaurant, Adrian's, and <sighs> they have this confrontation, and it is probably exactly how it should have gone. You know, Drago is just sitting there. He's commenting on all the pictures on the walls. He's like, "There's none of me," and he's like, "Yeah, we don't." We don't talk about that. Like you can tell that clearly it's not something that Rocky wants to relive because that's the guy that killed his best friend. Yeah. 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 And may I say kudos to Dolph Lundgren. I really enjoyed his performance and I enjoyed him in Rocky four, but I felt that what he's like, I, I actually felt for the character Mm -hmm. and I felt, yeah, yeah. I, I really think Dolph Lundgren, uh, brought brings and brought a lot of uh like humanity to the role yeah and i i'm gonna touch on that a little bit um later when i when i talk about what my thoughts are really about oh okay yeah bringing this story back to life yes but um yeah so just to breeze through the plot they decide they set up a fight between adonis creed and victor drago uh adonis wins because Victor gets disqualified. So he like knocks him out and then hits him after he's been said he's out. So that disqualifies him. So it's, I'm glad that they did it that way rather than like him winning. And then, you know, they found an interesting way to make it like, but still Adonis got beaten to a pulp. Like his ribs are all broken. His kidneys are ruptured. He's pissing blood it's crazy. Um, so then things, more things happen. Adonis is kind of like not feeling like doing any more fighting. He's having a hard time getting back to the gym. They have their baby. Um, and then, yeah, the baby has like a, is all like riled up. So he's, bringing the baby around and then they go to the gym and he just starts like punching the punching bag and kind of gets out his frustrations and then things get kind of kicked back into gear and gets uh, back on the bike gets back on the horse yeah and then they they agree to do a fight in russia Mm -hmm. because now the the russian government has taken notice of the drago family and been they're just kind of like okay all right, here we go. Well, and the former Mrs. Drago is married right. to a official, a government official. Yeah, and she looks crazy. She's, I, I mean, I'm not judging, but she's clearly had a lot of work done. And also, what's really interesting, I read that she was like pregnant while they were filming this. Oh, How yeah. How old is she? With her first That's- child. With her, is that first, her first child? child? With her, well, yeah, she and Flava Flav never, uh, and she and, oh, no, wait, what? Yeah, no, 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 that's true. Yeah. Oh, wait, what is, he says he's not human. He's not He's human. like a piece of iron. He's like a piece of iron, which is so awesome. <laughs> there we go. I looked up at the right. That's such that, a, so that's many such great a cool lines line. That, I will break you. <laughs> yeah. Which they bring Well, back. and I really wish that he hadn't kind of reprised that line in Creed 2 where he's like, my son will break him. And it's like, all right, come on. We know that that's your thing. And I know we'll get back to it, but it once would have been okay. They, they, I think they, they went 
to the well one too many times or two too many yeah, times. Yeah, it's like, remember that, that time when I said, I must yeah. break you? Yeah, one more yeah. time and it's a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, there is, the fight is on. It's going to happen in Russia. You see um, Adonis going down into the desert with Rocky to train, which is kind of crazy, but I kind of love it. It's it, it's the it's the Creed two equivalent to the um, Siberian cabin right. mountain training. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you know what? Totally. I also wouldn't have been mad if they went back to that Siberian cabin. No, but I'll be honest with you, I was cool with this because it was like enough of a nod to Rocky four without just yeah. doing the same thing. Right. Extreme so, cold, uh, extreme heat. Yeah. So a similar thing happens to Rocky Four, where Adonis perseveres after like 10 rounds of the two of them just completely annihilating one another. Uh, you get a lot of like technique in there that you don't see all that much in these movies. Um, Tessa Thompson is there, uh, dressed a lot like Adrian. She's kind of got this little like... Uh, little suit on with a matching hat it reminded mm-hmm. me a lot of adrian um and yeah it's just kind of awesome and adonis wins yeah it's a really well done but and yet and you know adonis wins but they and you get some closure on that story you get closure on the drago story i feel and i think there's kind of like some peace there oh well, something that we didn't mention is that he wins because Ivan Drago throws in the towel. Oh, yeah. 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 He um, shows mercy to his son, who is clearly completely gone. Yeah. Yeah. He throws in the towel. Yeah. It's it, it, it's just, I mean, go, Dolph Lundgren. It, it's this great moment. He has this great moment, like at the end with, with his son and... It was nice because while they were still kind of, you know, the 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 bad guys, they weren't it wasn't like Rocky Four. Well, it's also a nod to Rocky Four when he throws in the towel because yeah. Rocky did not throw in the towel at the beginning when Apollo Creed is was clearly done. Yeah, though the referee tried to stop the fight and he kept hitting him anyway. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. like in Creed too. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I should also say that the actor who played Victor Drago, and uh, I'm, I'm pulling up his name right now. I, he's not someone who's ever been on my radar before. No? <laughs> I think it was like, I think Florian, his name was like Big Nasty. Florian um, Montano. He, yeah. well, Florian he was Big great. Nasty Montano. Yeah. He was great. You could see in his face that he kind of a lot of times didn't want to be doing what he was doing. And this is even early on where it's like he is fighting because that's what he was told to do, but he doesn't actually want to. Mm. And you could see it in his face. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of times you could just see it. You can see, like read his mind. So, Dan. Yeah. Do you feel like Creed 2 is what they should have done with Rocky Four? Do I think that Creed Two is what they should have done with Rocky yeah, Four? The, the way that the way that they made Creed Two because it is a um, 
what is it? Lega, Lega, Lega sequel? sequel? A Lega yeah, sequel? because it is a Lega sequel slash reboot of Rocky Four. Is that what you would have done? Let's put it this way. I've never really considered that you would remake Rocky Four or reboot Rocky Four. <laughs> now, now I'm gonna I'll draw a comparison here. I do think that it was a it, it was a logical step for the Creed franchise. Uh-huh. It, it, I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of ways they could have gone with it, but I I'm. I mean, of the Rocky, the original Rocky movies, like the Rocky, there's Rocky Four just kind of stands out among them. And I think a lot of that is due to Drago. And I think that revisiting Drago, I'm sure that that's constantly called for. And it reminded me of the Star Trek reboot hmm. and how the second, how Star Trek Into Darkness not only br- brought in the character of, Spoiler alert, Khan. <laughs> but also kind of revisited some of the key scenes mm-hmm. in Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. Um, right. You know, such as like like Spock's death scene in Wrath of Khan is kind of reversed with Kirk yeah, on Kirk. the inside in Star Trek Into Darkness. I'll tell you, I, I, I like what they did with it, but I would have done a couple things a little differently. I think that what I would have liked to have seen is, you know, Ivan Drago, you know, he he killed this guy in the ring and then the guy's like best friend came and beat him. He recognized while it was happening that he had been outmatched or at least equally matched up until the very end. And then when he was beaten, as it is shown in this movie, his country cast him away. And what I would have liked to have seen is, yes, he gets complete. He's been completely cast away by, by the the country of Russia, and the thing that I would have liked to have seen differently is that maybe his son is with his mother rather than with him, and his son. They're just kind of like seeing this son as being kind of their next opportunity to you know he's been bred by you know ivan drago and bridget mm-hmm. nielsen's character what's her name again ludmila ludmila so clearly he's going to be this like amazonian you know completely built insane fighter mm-hmm. and what i would have liked to have seen is that like russia raises this child from birth to become like this ultimate fighting machine and uh, Ivan Drago uh, catches wind of like the a possible fight between Adonis Creed, for whom like he feels a lot of like rem- remorse, and you know he is ashamed of his actions and what he was turned into by Russia. So I would have liked to have seen Ivan Drago come and try to help train Adonis to beat his son. Hmm. And clearly there'd have to be a lot of work done in terms of like gaining the trust of these people. Um, because he's always been their biggest enemy for a lot of reasons. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, that's how I feel like I would have liked to have seen I, unlikely, but I guess I, have, I don't know. I have a couple of questions. Um, mm-hmm. 
So if he's kind of if he's raised from birth as kind of almost this ward of the uh, of the state. Mm -hmm. So you've got regime change. You've got the fall of the Soviet Union in the early 90s. And then you've got, um, you know, I guess you've got the uh, uh, Boris Yeltsin years and then moving into uh you know the the putin area and i i know it's a uh i know it's a you know i know it's fictional but i guess there's right, that the certain one, the one constant is ludmila oh so she so that's kind of what i was wondering is i was like do we kind of get a sense do we get a montage perhaps of how she kind of maneuvers her way from you know, oh, all right, Captain Ivan Drago turned out to be a dud. Um, right. You know, who do I hitch my horse to next? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like, and maybe she's pregnant. Like, maybe, maybe she's like, she, maybe she gets pregnant during like Rocky Four, like when they're in America, when they're in Vegas. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, like, it could be, you know, she has the baby and she's already with somebody else. I mean, clearly you can tell from Creed too. She's, you know, she's a, uh, a survivor, uh, and she will do what she needs. She's a, a, absolutely. Yeah. A Cersei Lannister, if you will, type character. Totally. To, totally. To, you know, to, to tie it to the zeitgeist. <laughs> um, uh, and I mean, there, there's a lot of interesting things that they didn't even touch on, you know, in 1985, they certainly made a bigger deal about the U.S. and Russia relations, whereas in this movie, they don't even mention well anything. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a little, it's a little different. Um, it's a little I, different. I mean, yeah, there there was definitely that part, but I think well, with Mikhail Gorbachev, it, it was definitely like the end and there was still all the uh the cold war paranoia which hey perhaps on another episode in may we'll talk about superman 4 the quest for peace which addresses that as well we just might <laughs> um we just might yeah so but that I, that's another one that's about this like you know arms race and everything but right I, you know it's kind of yeah now there's just so much unknown and yeah, <laughs> it's also, it's yeah. a Creed movie. We're not, it's, it's, it's like, we're not, we're not going to go there. Well, right. So another, one thing that was interesting about Creed 2, and it made me wonder exactly how the universe of these movies works. Um, so in Creed 2, you see him, at the Philadelphia Museum of Art, where the famous Rocky Steps are, and you see people running up the stairs, and when they get to the top, they do the little chant thing, and there's people taking pictures. Are we to understand that in that world, Rocky running up those stairs in the first Rocky movie in 1976 was still culturally relevant to people? Because... That's done because people still love the movie Rocky, but are we to understand that people still run up those stairs because a guy did that 
over 40 years ago. John, are you suggesting that perhaps something that happened pretty much without any witnesses? Because I think it's like five in the morning. Well, the one time the, all those kids ran oh, up with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that in the first but one? But that was... I thought so, yeah. That was in the first one. So, because yeah. I feel like I remember him doing it, but maybe, yeah, he does it with the kids. But, yeah, so that's a little interesting. I feel like the Rocky franchise has always kind of worked the pop culture popularity of Rocky. Like in Rocky Three, um, uh-huh. when... Polly gets drunk but when we have drunk oh, and the pinball machine. angry. The Rocky pinball machine. Exactly. Great pinball machine. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, yeah. this wasn't a, they weren't like, okay, so for the movie well, we need to make, but it, it was, yeah. It worked, it worked in that one because so much of that movie was about how insanely famous Rocky as a fighter had become. Right. And it's not too unrealistic. It wasn't long after that. We had like Mike Tyson's punch out. So it it, totally, you know, totally plausible, but yeah, I, I get the, yeah, the, the museum steps thing. Is that really, does that make, it's like, did he do it on live TV? No, it was just, no. So I totally got them going up to the statue because the statue is something that was in Rocky three I believe the unveiling of that statue is when we meet Clubber Lang. Yes. Or not when we meet Clubber Lang, but no. when Clubber Lang oh. approaches him. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I guess he's... Uh, we see yeah. him, like, training and getting really angry before that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's there at the press conference for the unveiling of the Rocky statue. Yeah. Yeah, he pitying doesn't run up the stairs. fools and such. Yeah, just no. pitying fools all over the place. So when things like that happen... Makes me wonder, like, all right, what rules are we following in these movies? And there is there is no collusion in the Rocky universe. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Well, I feel like we've said all that there is to say. (laughs) What would we call? What is the? Is it the Balboa verse? Is it the is it the Yoniverse? I don't know. <laughs> the Yoniverse. The Yoniverse. I, like I like the Yoniverse. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, do you want to tell everybody what we're going to be talking about on the next episode? Yes. Yes. We're going, we're dusting off the classics. Uh, we are going back to the fourth installment in the epic ongoing with news actually recently about Rami Malek being cast as the newest villain, the James Bond franchise. Yeah. Um, and we will be revisiting the, I almost said episode four, the fourth installment in the James Bond franchise, Thunderball. Thunderball. Like Thunderball. <laughs> Tom Jones, baby. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Just because... If I have seen that one, it's been a really long time. Nah, it and it's uh, you know, it, I I think it ranks as one of the best. Certainly, is, one of, is that is that believed to be up there? I would say I I think ranked it. I would say off the top of my head, the top ranked Bond films would be um, you know from the Connery era, Goldfinger, from Russia with mm-hmm. Love is amazing, um, Thun- Thunderball. Um, I would say Roger Moore, like live and let die. Um, yeah. um, 
octopusy, maybe. Um, Daniel Craig. I, I was going to say pretty much all the Daniel Craig ones are pretty I, great. I would say Dan, Daniel Craig, though, if I'm going to rank like, you know, in maybe the top 10, Casino Royale and Skyfall, certainly. Skyfall is so good. Skyfall might be my favorite Bond film. Actually. It's really good. Yeah. And I, I mean, Quantum of Solace is really good. What was yeah. the last one? Yeah, Spectre. Spectre. Spectre was pretty good. Eh. I, I was I was underwhelmed. I, I guess I had high expectations. I also thought that the theme song was I didn't not love good. the theme song. No, but you know Skyfall, Radio I know we'll talk about, but Radiohead did a Spectre theme song that they did not use that is uh, that's so too good. bad. Yeah. Well um anyway. what was great about <laughs> Spect one of the things that was great about Spectre was Leah Sidu. Uh she's fantastic. Yeah. I thought she was pretty awesome. Anyway, we're talking yeah. about that on the next episode. Next episode, Thunderball. Yeah. Well, Dan, it's been real fun to talk about the universe with you. It's been a pleasure. And may I remind everyone that you can find us on Instagram at Rune Childhoods Pod. You can email us, email us, email us at. It's late. It sure is. Uh, ruined child, ruined child. I have to say it like that so that people don't think it's ruin, like I'm going to ruin, but ruined childhoods pod at at gmail.com. There's no, (laughs) there's no space after I just paused for some reason at gmail.com. Yeah. And and we look forward to having you back with us again. We sure do. Good journey, Dan. And a good journey to you.